Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Jane Marla Robbins. Jane is an actor, author, and coach with theater, film, and television credits. Jane's best-selling self-help book, Acting Techniques for Everyday Life, Look and Feel Confident in Difficult Real-Life Situations, and its accompanying deck of illustrative flashcards won the Golden Axiom Business Book Award. Articles on Jane's teaching as well as her essays have appeared in the LA Times. Welcome, Jane. How are I'm you today? I'm to be with you because already I'm laughing. Good, and I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have you too. We're going to have fun today. I'm already having fun. <laughs> Good, good, That's I'm the last glad. chapter in my book, Acting Techniques for Everyday Life, how to have fun because they don't teach that in school. No, and people forget. People totally forget how to have fun. None of us have enough fun in our life. None of us. We need to make sure we have more fun. Read the last chapter. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so tell us, Jane, why you decided to leave acting and pursue a writing and a coaching career. Well, I spent about 50 years acting and playing characters. And I apparently often totally was unrecognizable because I would become the character, whether it's the pet shop owner in Rocky or Marianne Mozart, who is Mozart, as you know about Wolfgang Amadeus, Mozart's sister. Right. Changing actor, the body changed, everything changed. And then I realized that what was the most important thing for me in my life was not to learn how to pay, play a pet shop owner in Rocky or Marianne Mozart, but Jane Marla Robbins. And I hadn't been doing that. I was so consumed with being perfect for all these roles. And I think there's a wonderful story about maybe when we get to heaven or whatever the end of our life is. God, or maybe our conscience, isn't going to say, Jane, why weren't you more like Mother Teresa or Meryl Streep? The question will be, why wasn't I more Jane Marla Robbins? That's my job. And that just opened a whole new world for me. And suddenly I was coaching people not to be actors, which I can do, mm-hmm. but to use these techniques that an actor uses to be fully on stage, full of light, full of self-confidence, and to be full of self-confidence in life, which is something I had never been. (laughs) Oh, how about that? Because you think most actors that you see on stage, you think they're so confident. We do. We really do. And they're not, are they? Not in real life. Not in real life. No. But I tell you, as soon as I stepped on a stage from the time I was, uh, whatever it was, quite young, Mm -hmm. apparently the Lights caught my cheekbones. Everyone gasped to see me like I was beautiful. Whereas in real life, I felt fat and ugly, which was important for me to survive where I grew up. Mm-hmm. And I suddenly I made the connection between the self-confidence I just naturally felt on stage and that most actors do. Right. But you're right. Most actors are playing other characters because 
being themselves is not something that's easy. No, you're right. It's not. It's not easy for anybody, but it's a huge yeah. challenge. We, we, I mean, we're presumably talking to people who are over right. 50. That's a change in who right. you are. It's not only that our cells change every seven years. Every single cell right. is different. from, But also the challenges we face, the identity we suddenly own, the body we suddenly own, if it's slowed down. I mean, I was such an A personality. I would do 27 things in a day. Uh, I can't do that That's anymore. Right. <laughs> it's really challenging. Right. And like, who am I? That's why the answer to that question is why I switched from playing characters in plays and movies and television shows to playing, to being. being. There's a whole being yes. Jane Marla Robbins, real life, as real as you can be, which is not easy for some people if they have wounds from childhood, which made it safe not to be them. They're, they're authentic. Well, and I think even regular people who aren't actors, we're always playing a role. We're trying to be what other people want us to be. But once you hit 50, you realize, I don't care anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to be the person I'm meant to be. And slowly we learn and we change. But when you're younger, you're trying to suit everybody else and be that perfect little wife and perfect little mother and blah, blah, blah. And, and at work, you're trying to do the best job. And you're always doing things for other people. Finally, you learn, well, I got to do it for me. Well, that's a big lesson. It doesn't work for everybody. I know people 60, 70, 80. I mean, my beloved friend, Patricia Bosworth, who wrote 12 books and was head of the actor's studio. There's a poem about her in my COVID-19 poem book. And it shocked me when I wrote it that I realized that she, she died of COVID at 83. And she still would say to me, Janie, did I do okay? Like the self, and she was an actress. She was a writer. Wow. She wrote for that. If 12 books about her brother's suicide, her father's suicide, Marilyn Monroe, she wrote about everything. And still that self-confidence, I guess she didn't read my book. She wrote a great review for it. She should have read it, right? She should have <laughs> read, read it again, Patty. Oh, she's, in, she's up in heaven saying, you go sell that book, Jane. <laughs> But you know what? Self-confidence is so important. And you're right. So many people don't have it. They don't feel good about themselves. I have daughters that are fabulous, and yet they don't think they are. They don't understand how fabulous they are. And you try and tell them, and they don't get They're all going to get the book. They're all going to get the book, Jane, because they need it. They're, they need it. I have three daughters and one son. They could all use the book, frankly. Honey, we could. And in, to, to confess, I cannot <laughs> pretend I feel self-confident. I'm just finished an outrageous article. And I'm like, oh, is it any good? Is it any good? And yeah, a lot of people feel that. Somebody who triggers something and suddenly I'm a good little girl. Who the hell are you doing, Jane? What is this character? You know how to be strong. You at Lincoln Center in front of 3000 people. I did a one woman show that the Kennedy Center commissioned. I was so nervous. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, and I'm nervous right before a podcast, too. Even if I've met the person, which we met before, we did a real quick Zoom call. But and I know how lovely you are, but I'm always a little bit nervous. And some of that being nervous is good because once it starts again, I'm on stage. And see, you understood exactly 
<laughs> what the book is about. Yes. And there's something wonderful about being nervous. I mean, I did the five-part preparation that I do before I go on stage, which I don't right. really do anymore. Once in a while, someone will convince me to do a theatrical reading of some of my poems. Right. And they're right. all on YouTube, everybody. <laughs> and they're not am I full of confidence. My poem called Boobies, for example. I cannot believe how funny and relaxed I was. I'm wow. playing a character, the woman who wrote the poem at a time when it was reasonable and honest and came from a dream where I was not wearing any clothing during COVID. It's in my book, Poems of oh COVID-19. Right. But before this show, I did the six-part preparation. <laughs> I said five, but I forgot the final relaxation. But those nerves, for you. and I read yeah. in my book <laughs> that <laughs> fear, which is what stage fright is and nervousness, when you right. take a Corollian photograph, which is the energy field, yes, I've heard of that. Fear, afraid. Right. It's the same photo as if they're excited, which oh. means that when you think, oh, I'm so scared. Oh, no, this is the same as excitement because the difference is mm-hmm. has to do with memory because, my God, our bodies are so encoded with memories, our wiring, yes. that if for some reason something scared you about a sailboat, you could have been two. You probably don't remember. A little kid in the class right. threw one at your head. Who knows? If you go sailing, <laughs> you'll have all this fear. But if you had a wonderful experience on a sailboat and you get to go again, you're all excited. On the other hand, you can turn it around by saying, okay, why am I afraid? Am I afraid? Could this, Am I going to die on this sailboat? Probably not. Will I feel the wind? Will it be thrilling? But probably terrible differentiations to make in a moment of, as you say, the whole nervous system is saying, run (laughs) like a lion chasing, you No, it's just a radio interview. Well, I'm on Zoom, too. I had to put my makeup on. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. But yeah, and I think more there's a lot of business people that could really use this book because they don't think to prep. Like they're trying to memorize their presentation and all, but they don't prep the way they should right before the presentation to relax them and do the things that you talk about in the book. Well, the preparation, which I did, Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine when you want to have a job interview or whatever meeting or ever, you know, you could be giving a lecture to 5,000 people. It doesn't matter. Right. You want to make sure that physically you're alive. Vocally, you're as uh, resonant and alive as possible. Emotionally, you're accessible and not if, for example, you're angry at something somebody did to you yesterday and you're holding it in. You're not going to be available to let it flow through you. I include a spiritual preparation. It doesn't mean you have to believe in a God. It's just that maybe there's something bigger than us, a doctor who worked with me. No, I don't believe in God. I said, well, but what makes you feel that there's a power more awesome than just us? Oh, when I see children be born. So as soon as he focused on that, I just watched his whole face change because he allowed himself to open himself to what? The mystery of life, the awesomeness. Right, right. I left out mental preparation and I left out relaxation which is the first actor's imperatrix preparation, because if you're tight like this, I mean, just look at my shoulders. What this is going to mean is 
that there won't be enough breath going to my brain, in which case I may sound stupider than I would if all the oxygen was going. So sometimes the only thing people need when they come to coach with me is to be told to take three deep breaths. That's it. Wow, that's it. And that's an ancient (laughs) yoga exercise. And I remember meeting some kind of shrink, psychiatrist, whatever. He was making thousands of dollars coaching a baseball team. So let's Mm. say the bases are loaded. Someone's up at bat and you're pitching. You could be a little nervous. Take three deep breaths and physiologically, your entire physiological reality relaxes and is available to you. Interesting. Wow. It makes a huge difference. I mean, the fact that you paid $100,000 to say, take three deep breaths. Never mind. Just pick up that yoga book. They tell you that. It's 2,000 years old, this technique. But never mind. But we have to be reminded because we do forget. And lots of times when we're all upset, we're not breathing correctly. Breathing is very important, getting oxygen in your lungs. And we're, uh, most of us don't breathe correctly most of the time. But especially if you're tense and upset, then you're really short breaths and that's not good. Not as good. I mean, I, I shock myself and others to remind there are five places you can feel your body expand if you take a breath. It's not just, oh, my lungs are here. It's no, the lungs start up here near the clavicle, but also the belly is one of the most important things to, and the rib cage, imagine like an accordion that you have all that extra space and your back. But when Mm -hmm. I say all that extra space, what I remember is what I like to teach myself. You teach best what you most need to learn. So true. (laughs) How to be as much as we are. In other words, not to be the shrinking violet that served me well when I was growing up because it was a little threatening to have all this creative energy around the house. That's not something my parents were really good at dealing with. Mm -hmm. However, there comes a time and who knows when it is when you say, you know what, that's not serving me now. Mm -hmm. And I want to be as creative as possible, as loving as possible, as much of myself as the bigness and that really is echoed if you allow that space even between the ribs when you take a breath so that physically you're all you can be. And that echoes in the physiological, in the psychological, in the emotional. Amazing creature. It is. And that's what my podcast is all about. My message to boomers is you want to be all you can be. Now's the time. If you don't do it now, you'll never do it. You got to do it now. Be all you can be. If you've always wanted to act or if you've always wanted to write a book or you've always wanted to do do it now, just do it. So important. And whatever it takes. (laughs) I mean, I love it. I mean, in the acting book, I I, I quote Dustin, a a teacher of mine who told us and was an acting teacher. He said, Mm -hmm. you know, just do whatever works for you. So apparently Dustin Hoffman, I mean, my book includes 45 acting techniques to make you feel self-confident or alive or whatever. Dustin used to get up on the the guy with the camera, on the, (laughs) he'd whisper in his ear some scatological, dirty, outrageous language. The guy almost fell off. And that energy fed Dustin. He'd get right in front of the camera and was brilliant. 
So it doesn't matter. See that? It doesn't matter what you right. do. Right. And it's different for everyone. So find, like buy the book, learn some of the techniques and then find out which ones work best for you because there'll be different ones working for different people. We're all different. We're not the same. I mean, it's amazing to me, as you know, I'm also, as you said to your audience, oh, she's also a writer. Right. So I have now four books of poetry out there just because that's what I do. I express if I'm not acting anymore, per se. Mm -hmm. So to make the switch from acting to writing, I happened to buy a statue of a laughing Buddha. Why? Who knows? Maybe I knew I needed to laugh more. So I wrote this as an exercise and then some catalog that had been selling the acting book said, oh, yeah, we'll put it in the catalog. Wow. And so the book is published. People call me and say, Jane, I woke up so depressed and I picked up that book and now I feel great. Now, Terry, that amazes me. <laughs> that is amazing, isn't it? How, and you don't know yourself how many people you're helping by that, but pe- we don't laugh enough. We don't. We're all depressed. We don't laugh. We have to laugh at ourselves first. I laugh at myself all the time. So laugh at yourself. Laugh at any kind of a situation that's out there, because the more you laugh, the healthier you'll be in the long run. Laughter is healthy. Do you know there's an entire research building at UCLA only for the research of the benefits of laughter and even smiling, that there's a chemical that the body manufactures when you laugh and to a lesser degree when you smile, that Mm -hmm. actually strengthens your immune system. So we were talking, how can you be all you can be? Obviously not if you're sick. Right. Obviously, yeah. But if, you have, if you're strong, what an amazing idea to be strong. And what does that mean? Strong enough to deal with your emotions, strong enough to have buttons pushed and have the resilience to say, oh, wait, that's an old sense. You're not going to bring me down. I'm going to be strong and answer you like a grown up, not right. be afraid, right. not do this to my back, right. not do this to my voice. It's <laughs> so feminine and I'm so cute. Yeah, but you're not standing up for yourself, right? Right. And I don't think it matters how old you are. That's what I just, that's why I mentioned Patty. Yeah. Because a bigger, more impressive resume barely exists. Maybe right. Kissinger, maybe a president of the United States. And she interviewed right. them all. And still, right. every time she wrote something, Janie, do you think it's going to be okay? But the good news is she felt safe enough. Mm-hmm. To share that with me. I know she did not send share that in right. security with the people from the New York Times for whom she wrote articles. <laughs> but that's part of the talent for doing what we want in life, to know where it's safe to say, okay, I'm a scared little girl, because it's right. always a child. I mean, unless there's really a lion coming to attack you, <laughs> it's unlikely you're going to die from writing an article or exactly. giving a speech or going into a new career, which you were talking about. Of course, right. it's scary. Right. You know, you're like a Marco Polo or Christopher Columbus, and no, the world is not flat. <laughs> that's how right. we... I mean, that's such a brilliant image that we really think we're going to fall off the earth, that there will be a falling and a failing, which is kind of the same word. Right. And instead, no, no, surprise, the earth is round. And it's funny because a lot of very successful people do really well at work, but then their personal life is horrible. They just can't get it together. And I think because they don't think to use some of the other techniques that they use to be successful in business 
to be a success in their personal life, right? That is so smart of you. (laughs) Because in social situations, it involves really opening your heart. Yes. Although I have to tell you, when I coach people for job interviews, in both instances, what obviously the acting techniques are, everybody has their own. What works best is if you show up as authentically yourself as possible with as open a heart full of love and a love of life. Because let's say it's about sales. Yes. Two people are selling the same car. One is full of the joy of life and right. the joy of living his or her life. The other one doesn't have that. Guess who they're going to buy from? Because the truth is what people really are hungry to understand. I think this is my opinion. Right. Everyone wants to live fully and joyfully. How do I do it? If buying a car from you will do it, I want that. I want what you have. Yes. Said in that movie. Absolutely. I want what he's having. How do you live joyfully, rejoicing every moment fully? I, you can't do it every moment. You'd be exhausted. You, oh, you yeah. need to take a lot of naps. <laughs> but it's true because, you know, I'm still selling real estate, kind of winding down, getting ready to just do my podcast. But when I was in the office, because like the last two years with COVID, you don't go to the office anymore. You do everything online. But when I was in the office, people would like to be around me because I'm always, you know, talking and lively and, you know, I'm very enthusiastic no matter what I'm doing. So they would like to be around me because they, if they don't have that energy themselves, they want to try and get it from you because that's what everybody wants, right? That's what they want. They want it for their own lives. Yes. And where do you learn that? Do you think there's a course in? in high no, school? there isn't. There should be, but there isn't. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Or in colleges? Nope. Nope. No. Don't learn any of that. How to be your most alive self. I'd, I'd, I'd sign up, but you don't even realize that that's the issue. Yeah. And it is the issue. Right. What does it mean? It's interesting. There are 10 commandments on how to live, but apparently the end of all those books of Moses, God comes and says, choose life. That's the most important lesson. Yes. So how do you choose life? And what does that mean? Being brave, taking a risk, daring, daring to take off your fancy jacket because it's 95 degrees here. Yeah, take it off. I'm in California. <laughs> You're silly. <laughs> I'm in Pennsylvania and I don't have a jacket. I just have a blouse for the same reason, but we're not 95. We're only around 75 right now. (laughs) It's in in my fancy aluminum house. Yes. (laughs) Well, I live in the world of horrible fire danger. Right. So to have an aluminum house instead of a wooden one is a really good idea. It is. You're right. (laughs) Right, Yes. Yes. Right. Right. You hope. Oh my gosh. Do I want to hear it could melt? No. Right. (laughs) But again, we're talking about fear versus joy. Yes. And I have people always when they come to workshops or when they coach privately with me, we make two columns. And on one column is the fear, which includes making yourself smaller on all the letters, the levels we've talked about physically, psychologically, emotionally and vocally. Mm -hmm. And then the other column where you're bigger, you're as big as you can be joy, aliveness, courage. In fact, and the word courage, I love to remember, comes from the word cœur in French, which is heart. What does it mean to open the heart? I mean, I talk a lot about posture sometimes because people invariably come to me because 
they are afraid and they need to take the journey from yes. fear into joy. Right. So covering the heart out of fear. And look what this does to your posture. First of all, I'm choking myself so the oxygen can't get to my brain. Right. It makes my voice less effective. But also, I'm not open to whatever the love energy is, which is one of the most healing, if not the most healing and important energies that exists in our human existence. Absolutely. Courage. Absolutely. And that's on that column. Ah. Uh. Yeah, and the other I thing is when you're doing something you really love to do, that will make a difference. And there's many of us that are kind of put into jobs by our parents or somebody else told us we're good at this, we should do it, but it wasn't what we really loved. So no better time than when you're older and you don't have the weight of a family, raising a family or whatever. Now you can just try other things. Try them out because you might not know what you love. I always loved speaking, so I knew that was my love. But a lot of people don't. So you might have to try a couple of different things until you find what you really love. And then the joy will come through. It really will. And someone I'm working with, it was very clear she had written something quite brilliant but her mother really had convinced her she was stupid. I mean, she was a brilliant woman. She is a brilliant woman. Wow. So allowing that feed feedback into her psyche physiologically mm -hmm. meant a little bit of divorce from the mother. And it yeah. doesn't matter that she's 70 years old. No, it's I know. The wiring is there. Mommy, I want you to love me. Okay, I'll I am stupid. You're right. No, you needed to... because. The mother was whatever, terrified of the child's creativity. Yes, didn't understand it. Yep, yeah. That's ex exactly. Yeah. So, and that happens so many times. Parents don't understand. And, you know, we put up these roadblocks to our kids. And But as an adult, you have to learn to get rid of that. And it is not easy. I'm not going to say it's easy because some people, their family situation was so bad and they got crushed so low it is hard to get up from that, but you can do it. Like with people like you, right? People can help you get out of that. So please do it before you die. I mean, for heaven's sakes, <laughs> learn to be the best you. It's so interesting. I was talking to a friend yesterday and she said, well, you know, I have these issues and my shrink just says, let it go. And I said to her, well, you know, if it keeps coming up, maybe it's hard to let it go. Maybe right. Why don't you call me and tell me one of them will work? There's so many techniques. Yes. To let yes. something go. But just to say, right. let it go. It's like I don't have a tractor to yeah, get you up out of it. It's right. not in the dirt in my garden. Yeah. It's in my psyche, in my wiring. Right. It's not easy. You can't just let it go. You have to consciously get rid of it. And it's not easy. And the more it's embedded in you, the harder it is. But you can do it. You just have to look. And shrinks aren't the way to do it. There's a lot of other people that can help. A shrink is just listening to you, letting you vent, I think, for the most part. So I think you need other people. There's ways to get rid of it. So many ways. Yep. 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 Well, we agree on that. So moving right along, I don't know. The word sense memory came to me, which is one of the acting techniques in the book that allow people, again, it's about self-transformation. That's what you're talking about. Yes, so, right, right. So when a client comes to me, I tell them first off how brave they are. That's good. Because yep. changing a body at rest likes to stay at rest as yes. opposed to yes. change. It's the bravest thing you can do and not everyone can do it. 
That's Not terrible. everyone can do it. And True. you're right. Sometimes shrinks don't work. Sometimes they do. There sometimes are no they, rules. Right. Sometimes nope. a friend can help. Sometimes meditation can. Who cares what it is? Right. Just, and there's a wonderful story of, I think it's the psychologist Hillman who tells the story of Dominguin, the famous bullfighter, mm-hmm. who was always holding on to mommy's apron strings and then one day, Terry, he let him go and he was the bullfighter. <laughs> In other words, he didn't need 10 years of therapy. Right, right. <laughs> but there's no, there are no roadmaps. That's the conundrum, right? Absolutely. So you just have to trust, I want this and go after it with whatever technique comes to you. Right. So tell us, um, Jane, where can my audience find your books? And do you have a website in case they want to learn about your coaching? Where do they go? JaneMarlaRobbins.com. That's it. Jane Marla Robbins. Look it up on Amazon. JaneMarlaRobbins at gmail.com. It's all the three names my mother gave me because, God bless her, she thought it was a good name for an actress. Right. That's another reason I was an actress, I'm sure. Probably and maybe it saved my life in many yep. ways. There you so go. Jane, they're all over Amazon, all five books. Good, the good. Four poetry books. There's the acting book. The cards are on Amazon, Amazon. Great, wonderful. Well, thank you for being an amazing guest. And thank you for sharing such wonderful tips with my audience. I know they're going to love it. Thank you for being with us today. Well, thank you for your upbeat spirit that makes it so exciting to remember what I knew yesterday. Right. You're welcome. I'm so happy that we had you here. And I know that my audience is going to love it. And I hope they go buy your book. And I think the cards are a great idea. We didn't really talk about them. But what a fabulous idea to have cards. You can pick out one or two a day and just work with them. I love working with decks of cards. And your audience should know that if they have questions, feel free to email me. Look at my website, janemarlarobbins.com. That's why I'm here, to help people and to make the world a more joyous place. Let's not talk about the headlines. Let's talk about the joy you are allowing people to create and that by some miracle, I'm allowed to help. Thank you. That's wonderful. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.